How's it going, everybody? This is the Green and Black Podcast. Welcome back. This is Tanner Hayworth, one of the sports writers at the sports desk at Kaleo, oh, Hawaii, if we want to go super formal. And as always, I am joined by my always responsible host, Reese Nagaoka. How are you doing, Reese? I'm Mr. Doing- sports Editor Reese Nagaoka. Sorry, I got your title wrong. I didn't even know. I, I was too busy. I was too locked in on responsible because that, can you tell my parents that? No, I'm just kidding. You're definitely more responsible than I am. <laughs> no, Hence I'm... why you are the editor and I am not. <laughs> no, I, I, no we, we can get into that later. But no, but, <laughs> but, no I'm, I'm doing good. I mean, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that um, I, my team lost to you in fantasy this week. But... Don't be disappointed. You know, you should have known it was happening before. I, so. I, I, I kind of saw it coming. I mean, that's why my team's acronym is bad. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, Darnell, Darnell Mooney has been the biggest letdown on my team. Both my teams this year. Yeah, it feels bad to be a Chicago Bears fan. Don't, I don't know what you. I don't know what you guys did to make to make that team that bad. But it's like everything. Like even the field is like, what's, what, what is going on there? <laughs> they really just want to get to Arlington Heights as soon as possible. <laughs> but less on the Bears. This is no Chicago Bears yes, podcast. This is not that's a not. the Bears podcast. This is not the Green and Black. It's the Green and Black. I don't know how to distinguish that from Pigeon and Chicago. I guess it would be da is, is green like and black, da, da green da. and black, or da green and black. But yeah, something like that. University of Hawaii football. We won a game. Isn't that crazy? Uh, a lot of people were definitely a little pessimistic about this game, um, although for good reason. Joey Yellen at the starting quarterback spot. I think we can finally make a verdict on this with three starts behind his back, uh, with. Um, Equivalent to two games, I would say. Eight quarters um, he's played, so started so it was, far. It was three quarters. It's probably more like a game and a quarter. Oh, no, like a game. He had so that two one quarter. Because right? he played the full oh, yeah, four and, against and a little bit of the first game, too. Um, he played so, the, like, nine quarters. I think nine we're, quarters We're trying to get our correct. math together. I think it's nine quarters. You're right. Yeah, so, full, so out of nine quarters of play that we've seen from Joey Allen, I feel confident that I can make the verdict. Yeah. I think Braden Shager should be the starting quarterback. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think Joey Allen is a great guy. He is, you know, from what I've seen, I have not talked to him personally, but I'm not going to make any judgment on his character. Unfortunately, from what we've seen on the field, I am yearning for the return of Braden Shager, and we did see him come back for a little bit in the end of that win against Duquesne. And... From what we've seen from that game, it was not our offense that won that game. It was our defense and special teams. Special teams. An amazing, amazing job done by Jacob Yoro and Thomas Sheffield. I think so far out of the year, out of all the games that we've seen, those two are probably the most improved out of the three rooms if we're talking about offense, defense, special teams. I think special teams, yeah, but they – Special teams was already kind of good to start off the year. I mean, we've we've seen what um, we already saw last year what Jalen Purdue could do as a kick returner, right? Um, briefly, um, and then you know his what fifty eight yard return in the first quarter it it put them in a short field, and the UH offense fortunately was able to capitalize. Um, I think Dedrick Parsons. Well, first of two touchdowns on the night. It took him a little bit to get there too. I think yes. he just personally. I think he just wanted to make sure he got a longer touchdown because <laughs> then they get like to the goal line so and they got pushed back. It was, then they got pushed back. Yeah, it was a two-yard touchdown. Um, 
first off, or the second touchdown. Was then it was holding. Holding. And then there was a false start, I want to say, on one of the tackles. I can't remember if it was Ilm or Hop. It was probably Ilm. <laughs> but then the next play, is it's Diedrich going right side 17 yards. So. Yeah, so maybe, you know, Diedrich went to Stefan. Because I believe it was Stefan Bernal went. I think it was, had the holding. It was him on the hold. I yeah, can't remember so I think he went, to, went up to him and to Ilm. He said, hey, guys, straight up, can you just, like, hold and false start? I'm kind of sick and tired of short yard <laughs> touchdowns. I'm on a long one. And he looked really good on that run. He got another one later in the game. I do got to say, there was a little bit of worry, though, for Diedrich Parson. As I believe on that drive, he also had a fumble that luckily was picked up for the first it down. Was, there was a couple. So I believe he had the first down, but I think he fumbled, and um, Aliki Tanavasa picked up that one. There were a couple of fumbles um, that we, need, we probably should talk about because the other was... Right. The other was Joey Yellen getting stripped from behind and right. Austin Hop fortunately jumping on it. And I think it just brings you to a point back to your point. Um through nine quarters we have not seen anything special from Joey Yellen. Yeah, and I think that game was the first time I've ever seen him roll out before. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to see that Joey Yellen could move. Unfortunately for the rest of the game he did not. And kind of just stood very tall in that pocket and I just want to see some movement. I like Braden. He'll actually roll out and look down the field. He, he won't necessarily scramble, but I think having that second part to your game is highly necessary, especially with how disappointing this offense has been over the last four games. And that's that's the thing everybody talks about is that like the, the stat that everybody brings up is there's no passing touchdowns through four games. Um, I think Florida and South Florida right now are the only teams I saw on Twitter and um, – in the Star Advertiser article, that right. they're the only th- they're the only other two teams, and which is also crazy to think. I did not know that Florida, Florida, right? Because they had Anthony Richardson, who I believe is a top five quarterback. Do you remember? Because in the every, NFL draft, yeah. at least everybody saw the highlight of him scrambling around, and he found the wide open guy. But I didn't realize it was a two point conversion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a two point conversion should count. Should be like, well, that was basically a touchdown. And then um, I think they had, and then you had on defense. Which was probably one of the saving points of the game was what Timmy called the inverted, inverted passing touchdown. With- I mean, yeah. When people say, "Well, yeah, we technically did have a player catch a ball thrown by a quarterback for a touchdown," it is true. We have had that this year. Unfortunately, it was uh, it was um, Duquesne quarterback Joe Mishworth throwing the pass, though. Yeah, and- but fortunately, it was a pretty good wrangle. By uh, Pene Pavihi for the one-hand yes. cradle. It wasn't like an Odell Beckham one-handed. It was. It's kind of like the one-hand you do at the beach, and you're like, see, look, I caught it one-handed. It's kind of like one of those things where like, you're just trying to get your hand on the ball. Right. And, then you, and it just slowly and it rolls just tips down your back. body. It, was it a... I can't remember off the top of my head because it was a one-handed with the right hand. It's offhand, by the way. I've done that several times at Sherwoods, personally. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was a pick with his... I, it was his offhand, too, because he's left-handed. right. right. Um, I, I want to say he tipped it up and then he grabbed it with both hands, took it 50 yards to the house. Amazing um, celebration. Yeah, high-fived Isaiah Tufanga on the way. But um, a good pressure on the quarterback as well. Yes, and, um, you know, um, the, the self-described Samoan Steve Young, as he put it, <laughs> um, you know, he was he was very grateful. He, was, he, he said that was like his first touchdown since like eighth grade or something. Or first pick six since eighth grade, which is he would have he almost had one in the Vanderbilt game too. That also would have been house too. Yeah, it probably would have been, but it was just one of those things where I think Mike Wright threw the ball really hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, as a receiver, sometimes it's hard to catch those balls. And also to stick on our defense, you know, Penay Bivihi also getting the lone sack of the game for the Hawaii defense. 
Um, Arizona transfer Malik Hausman and also uh, Bishop Gorman graduate Malik Hausman had two interceptions, both in the end zone. One kind of him being in a fortunate place and him, I believe that was the first one in the third quarter where it was just a weirdly thrown ball. It and was, it just got thrown straight to Malik. I know. It was kind of like one of those things where it's like, I, you kind of looked like... It's like in Madden, and you put it up to all Madden, and you have like a 69 overall quarterback, <laughs> and you throw it, and it goes straight to a defensive back, and then you're just screaming at your TV. You're like, I didn't even want to throw it there. That's not realistic. Like, I can't remember, I, I, like, looking back at it, because it was right in front of the press box, it almost looked like Mish were just like nonchalantly threw it. Like, he was trying to throw it away, but he just, like, just threw it straight to Malik Houseman. I was like, all right then, okay. And, the, and then the second one was a much more crucial interception after, was it Diedrich Parson on the hands team too? It was Diedrich on the hands so team. So Diedrich on the hands team on an onside kick does fumble the ball after getting pretty good lick on him. I, that at least that's what that I heard. That didn't seem fair to me, though, because to, I, I, I hate that it's credited as a fumble because, like, Maybe he should have caught it, but at the same time, the dude got absolutely destroyed. Yeah, but at the same time, if you're on the hands team, I feel like the prerogative is you get the ball that's true. and you go down. No, you're, that's a good point. Yeah. So it's unfortunate for Diedrich that, once again, he has a two-fumble game in a way. But he was saved by Malik Hausman, who kind of jumped. Was it kind of like a jump coverage kind of deal? Or one of the things Man, where I, I can't remember. it was a bad ball, but the interception looks really nice Yeah, on, on the highlights. Sta- especially on the stat sheet, too. Especially I mean, I on he, the stat sheet. He's got three interceptions now, right? At and least I think it, that's national uh, tied for the national lead, I believe. Three interceptions on the year for Malik Hausman. It's definitely the team lead for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of wild that he, um, he had those two picks. I think. When he spoke to the media after practice on Tuesday, he said that that's the thing is that um, he he was working on catching these these balls throwing at him. So he had um, Jimbo Davis, one of the quality control um, guys, was throwing it at him, and he kind of got mad. Apparently, he's like, "Oh yeah, I kind of got mad at Jimbo a little bit <laughs> for." But um, yeah, it was just <laughs> it was like, but you know, it is what it is, and he ended up now he has three picks, and that's awesome. Yeah. It is great to see, especially with the defense that is seeing some injury issues. They especially needed help in the secondary in that second half after um, Mickey Pay gets uh, ejected for targeting. Yes, that was one thing is that that was very close to Mickey Pay missing the first half of this upcoming game. He was 16 16 seconds away. 16 seconds away, and it was like, my goodness. And um, to check up on your thing, Malik Hausman is tied for second in the country. Oh, who is number one? That's a good question. Is that four? He is listed. It must be somebody in the Mountain West because he's two in conference, too. So I'm trying to pull this stat up now, and it is Bentley Sanders from Nevada with four. I did not know that, but yes. I did not know that Nevada had that many turnovers. That must have been the New Mexico State game, (laughs) (laughs) which is a great transition as Hawaii (laughs) travels to Las Cruces. Actually, technically, they travel to El Paso. El Paso, then they got to drive to Las Cruces. Yeah, for uh, fireworks night at New Mexico State. So hopefully uh, Hawaii will have some spoilers for New Mexico State's fireworks night. And as you go on, as you go on into the season, what do you see from this offense that we can do differently? I think it's for me it's throwing the ball downfield. I mean, we talk about the passing touchdowns. I think because you, you can get away with not having a passing touchdown, especially, you know, you can, like, 
extreme example would be like you throw a ball 98 yards or something, but you get tackled at the one. You just punch it in from the one yard line, right? right. The thing is that um, that was brought up to to my attention this week is that the longest passing play is 31 yards, and I believe that is I want to say Braden Shager to Jalen Waltall. Right. I can't remember off the top of my head if it was Shager or Yellen. I think it's Shager. I think it was Shager. But you look at um, this is the thing. It's only only in the game book that was handed to us is that we get a passing chart report from Hawaii versus Duquesne last week. Um, there, there's only one pass that was thrown more than 20 yards, and that was... That was that James Phillips catch. Yes, and other than that, you look, 0-5 from 10 to 19 yards, all the way across the board. Um, my math is pretty bad. So and an interception. Yeah, I think that was the Yellen pick, right, in the third quarter. And immediately after immediately Houseman's Immediately after back. Houseman's interception, which, which sucked for that third quarter because... Right. They were on the Just field. an immediate momentum killer. They were, they were on the... Hawaii defense was on the field for 12 minutes or something, and they still managed to hold them to like three. They didn't hold them. They didn't score at all, actually, because it was a missed field goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, under 10 yards was, I want to say, 11. No, nine for 11. I'm sorry, my math is pretty poor. And then behind the line of scrimmage, you had a couple of screenplays, four for four for three yards. And that's the thing. When you throw these screen passes, the one thing I'm kind of surprise we're not seeing is Tylen Hines isn't getting those touches on the screen passes because I think he's only had one and it was like for a negative five yeah play it was a, a it, couple it wasn't ago. even a screen it was like a swing pass right. almost. and when you have somebody who's as explosive as Tylen Hines is the ability to like combine speed with physicality especially for somebody his size I think he's what five seven hundred sixty hundred seventy something right. like that but that's the thing. He can catch the ball, and we're not seeing it. I don't know why we're – that's the one thing I, I'm kind of confused about, why we're not seeing Tylen Hines get these touches. Right. And I think with this offense, like you mentioned, we have to throw it down the field. And I would say in weeks past, I would say, well, maybe the wide receivers aren't getting open. Well, maybe the defenders are defending it very well. I think that this offense has somehow grown very content into just only throwing screens – and like, a couple and flats. It's like back shoulder like. throws to, to the outside, pretty much. To a point, it's just predictable. And how far from Norm Chow's offense are we? Not very, because other it's it's not Smash Mouth offense we're running here. But we all know what we're doing, right? Everyone in the stadium can probably predict what's going to happen. So I think. In practice, Timmy Chang had a had an interesting quote, you know, what he wanted to do with the offense, and I think we'll play it here for the people that haven't heard it. Yeah, um, you know, we're gonna um you know, start um pushing the ball, you know, you know, different areas of the field and uh, and simplifying and so um, you know hopefully that can go into this game this week's game plan and be successful. And you kinda look at um, you know, you need to talk about simplifying. The one thing we saw in practice, I think, was no RPOs because you obviously don't have a quarterback who has who can pull it and run it. <laughs> yeah, the only two guys that I can see doing that are Cameron and maybe Armani. Maybe Armani. Armani Eden. And I am the, just want this offense to do something else other than just throw it two yards behind the line of scrimmage and say, "Okay, wide receiver, do something now." As great as as shifty as Dior Scott and James Phillips are, we got some big guys that can be, 
you know, big, big people on the field. You know, we do have Phillips. We do have Murray. We, for, for a little bit there, we had Jonah Pinoke, but <laughs> unfortunately he'll yeah. be out for what looks like the rest of the season and we'll slowly be getting Zion Bones back. So I think that will be helping our offense in the future. I'm pretty sure we're not going to be seeing him this week. We'll probably see him against San Diego State. It's it's looking more more like that, I would say. Like he he's been looking great in practice. Like he right. probably probably could have pushed it to play by. It's one of those things where it's like you you probably might as well Is just it wait. worth pushing? It's it. not worth. I don't think it's worth it especially with the bye week you have coming up. Yeah. So I think that's the one thing that we're we're not going to see Zion but I don't think we're going to see Chuki Hines either. Um, I think um, it was also reported that he had a, he's dealing with something. Um, right. Can't remember. Um, but, yeah, I think that's one of those things is that the one thing we did see was interesting is that Jordan Murray lining up at wideout this past week. Right. I think he's been already doing that so far over the year. I think it's – He's kind of been, like, splitting. I think it's kind of like a 60-40 kind of deal it's, with wide receiver and So he's ends. been, like, lining up at tight end. He'll split out to your slot and right. maybe do a little bit of wideout. But it's been – Let's almost, stop him from blocking for screens. People. It's been almost exclusively like wideout work this week in practice. I feel like because, well, he was a wide receiver at Missouri State, so that he knows what to do, and um, he's been working on that very, very well. I think so. He's probably somebody they want to get going, especially if they want to run a vertical passing game like um, we've been hearing this week. So I mean. It'll be interesting to see how he gets he plays or if he's even a factor. And especially when you're going against the defense that's been described. I believe by you talked with Diedrich Parson. Uh, I just pointed at you with my mic. That probably didn't <laughs> sound very good. You talked with Diedrich Parson, who, you know, they've been watching film all week for this game. And you know what? Let's just hear from what he sees from this defense and how um, this offense is going to be attacking this disguised defense. Um, they have a new coaching staff. You know, it's a gritty defense. Uh, they do a lot of different things on defense, a lot of disguises, um, a lot of bluff stuff, a lot of different things that they do. Um, we watch the film. Uh, we see that they are a good defense. Uh, they will come out there definitely play hard. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what this offense is going to do, especially if we are going to be pushing it down the field more. That doesn't mean I don't want to see all three or even four of our running backs touch the rock. I think that's also been a weird issue we've had this year. Of There will be just some games where only two running backs run the ball. And that's happened a couple of times. And I don't know why that happens. Because we have four good running backs, in my opinion. We probably have closer to like... I mean, we have like five. It's like five, because the one thing we haven't talked about is Derek Boyd has been out for a while. I don't know if he's going to come back at all this year. I mean, he's only a freshman, so it could, he could it just could be, redshirt Yeah, redshirt problem. Red and he can get even bigger in the weight room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have... Pretty much like four really four or five really good running backs. I mean, we have Najee Bryant Lillet. Um, his his touch count has probably been exponentially grown over these last couple of weeks. I mean, he's shown to be a he's a dog on the field. Yes, first off, dude, the, the dude is built obviously, and you know he's his physicality has been really good in this offense. And um, you know, Tylen Hines had a really good explosive play. I kind of want we we talked about it. For like weeks, we want to see him get the ball more. And then he has that fifty-six yard touchdown against yeah, Michigan, especially with against that. Michigan. Like, Michigan. I mean, obviously, Michigan will kind of let up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like they're like they're third but stringers. But Michigan third stringers is like, like first, a good first team, team yeah. in this year's Mountain West. Yeah. So like it's it's one of those things. I mean, we see Jordan Johnson get some reps on special teams. Um, I mean, his his touch count on offense probably won't be as high as 
you know, Najee Bryant, uh, right. Roley, uh, Tyler And I think Vines. he has good he has, he has good, good speed once he gets that cut going and he sees the hole he will hit that hole we saw it in one of the scrimmages that they had during there's, the fall he had like an 80 yard touchdown but it's it's one of those things i think we you guys had um espn honolulu had jordan helly um talk i think you i can't remember what he said i think he said jordan johnson's a little more raw i guess than tylen is right so i mean it's just one of the things where i mean he's a freshman too i think right so it's just one of the things where he'll develop over the years and um, you know, that's that's kind of the emphasis of point that I've heard from just about everybody, even I think, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who it is yet, but we, I talked to a former UH coach last night, um, and he was talking to me about this, and he was basically, yeah, we're they, they just need time to, to work it out. I mean, he's got, Timmy's got a young staff, obviously, right. and they can recruit. So we'll see how it turns out. Plenty of time to recruit. Yeah. I'm excited to see how we can improve – I think our defense has been moving in the very good right very direction. Good, right. Very great direction. Penne and Isaiah doing their thing. Uh, there are still a couple of issues with missed tackling, but you hope as the year keeps going on we fix that. But we're starting to see a little more pressure. We've had two games with sacks in them. So, so far, these last two games have been better for pressure. Um, getting three picks last game was amazing. And especially seeing that block punt by the special teams by Kalana Makaula, USC transfer, Punahou graduate. Mm. We had to get that um, in. Uh, you know, yeah, of course I had to get that in. And, of course, you know, um, uh, was it Manuma that was starting getting a lot more playing as well? I think he was because he's probably your, your backup nickelback. We've seen it um, during camp as well. Yeah. He, was, he was splitting time with Houseman in that I nickel position. I love seeing him out on the field. And I think I love seeing him and Matangi both out there. I think just having guys like those guys like those guys on the field, seeing them progress over the next couple of years is going to be very exciting. Because I think, um, I think, the more we see them as the years go on, we're going to look back and be like, "Dang, we had these guys starting as freshmen," and I think it's going to be very great to see them as they go down. And that's not to say that we don't have any other good guys. I think Mekki Pei from the transfer from Washington, unfortunately an Iolani grad. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, for uh, context sake, I am a Punahou graduate. So that's the uh, that's the joke. There. Every single like Iolani graduate in the media is like rolling over. You got Kanoa Leahy, Tiff West. They're all at ESPN Honolulu. And Billy Hall. I mean. We also have like people that like work other parts of the station as Iolani grads as well. I believe only me and Chris Hart are the only Punahou people. It's kind of irony then. If you guys have Iolani and Punahou grads, but you do a brotherhood show on Saint, about St. Louis. Oh, <laughs> we can talk about that another time. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm, I really like the way that the secondary is looking because I think a lot of people thought that that would be a downfall of this defense because that's always kind of been a weakness of years past with the Hawaii defense is the secondary. And you could look at the amount of yards we allowed and be like, okay, sure, we should not be allowing that many yards. But then you also have to think contextually, what has our offense done to really help out our defense? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I, I think it's kind of crazy. I mean, we look at what the pat, what the total defense is almost just under 500 yards per game. We know that is allowed by Hawaii, I believe. And that's 
125th in the country out of 131st one teams. Um, but I feel like we've said this before. Like, even the Todd Graham defenses were, like, bend, don't break almost. So, like, you're giving up all this yardage, but, yeah, but they're not scoring. And you could you saw that from the Western Kentucky game. If the offense had any kind of life in that first half, I think that game would have been so much more different. Been, it would have been very different, I think. Even, even the Vanderbilt game, I mean, if that... If uh, that second offensive drive did something, then I believe... The game could have been totally different. It, it was because it was, that was coming off of a three and a three and a three and out for the defense. Yeah, so that's the thing because they they held Vanderbilt to a three and out. Um, obviously, they had that thing where they only had ten guys on the field on that first touchdown. But, right. Um, and then the next thing you know, it's it's fourteen to ten because you know then the big, then the because of the fumble. Yeah. yeah. So it's like this defense is it's been they've been put in very tough positions. I feel like. Um, over these four games. And it feels funny to say that, especially after last year and this year. <laughs> this year, I think we can confidently say, kind of feels like the team this year is like a budget version of last year's team so far. With an offense that has the potential to do something. I'll say that more for last year than for this year. <laughs> with a defense that's doing everything they can to make sure that we could still be in this game. And I think this game against New, Mex- uh, New Mexico State, where we are an underdog by five points. Is it five now? Yeah, I've oh seen five. Um, so I've seen a lot of people take New Mexico State as well. I am just perplexed at their eight points a game. And I don't know how much to say, well, Wisconsin. Uh, well, what about... Minnesota, they played Power Five's competition. I, you, to which I will also say, well, we still scored against all of our competition. The one thing too is that I feel like people sleep on Wisconsin's defense. Like yeah. Jim Leonard does a good shout out Urbig. Yeah, shout out to Nick Urbig. But Brotherhood. Jim, <laughs> but you know their their defense coordinator, um, you know Jim Leonard, the former NFL defensive back, he does a really good job yeah. with them. So obviously, sixty put seven points on them is. It's pretty respectable, right. I guess. I I really don't know, but I mean, and let's also, you know, we talk about our zero passing touchdowns. They have one, <laughs> so like, well, you can say, well, at least they have one. They also have three more interceptions than us, which is a lot considering that we have six, something like that. So I, mean. I am I feel confident that we can win this game. Um, I think we could win it outright. <laughs> I think. It's safe to say I like I like a uh, personally I like a twenty four eighteen kind of game. It's going to be a gross score in my opinion. <laughs> I, I don't know how they'll get to eighteen, but they will. I'm disappointed though that this was not the sickos number one game of the week. I will say to be fair, Iowa Rutgers is a very gross game. It probably will it's, be. It's featuring two of the best punters in the NCAA. That's to true. Be fair. To be fair, but the one thing we haven't talked about is that it's on a f- that. Hawaii, New Mexico State will be streamed on Flow Sports. Flow Sports. I do you remember the call from the Calvin Turner touchdown last year? It was so. It was so bad. <laughs> I, I don't want to like. I, I feel like this is people already know who people. I feel like people in Hawaii have have friendships with the play by play guy for New Mexico State. But it was like this man just did something that we will probably never see in like any other. Man sounded like Joe Buck out there. Oh. 2000s Joe Buck because 2020 Joe Buck is 
pretty much it's, it's a lot more fun i feel uh, yeah i will say joe buck has gotten better yes. i still don't like him he still has like those one he still has those like one word calls where he'll just be <laughs> i think it was the field goal for mcmanus on monday night football a couple of weeks ago where he's just like 64 yard field goal it's up no good and it's no good I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah. It just reminds me. I think my favorite Joe Buck call of all time still has to be, I believe this was the 2002 uh, NFC championship game between the Eagles and the Buccaneers. Was this Westbrook? No, this was Mitchell. Oh, Mitchell, that's right. This is their return man who takes the ball all the way to the Tampa Bay's, I believe, 35 or something. And the entire call is just Joe Buck going, Mitchell, Mitchell. Down at the 35. So, you know, I kind of wish we had Joe Buck, but I don't think Flow Sports can afford that. <laughs> my, my favorite, the, the Joe Buck one that was probably, you're you talking about Mitchell, but do you remember like Eric Blunt's touchdown run against the Packers? Oh, yes. That was, it, it deserves for, for a better call. For as insane of a that run that was. run deserves a better call. You know how much of a Tampa Bay fan I, I am. That's like one of my favorite plays of all time, and it got snubbed because of Joe Buck. But regardless, this is we not. Should, we should get back on. This topic. is not the Joe Buck podcast. <laughs> I will also say, we were talking about the Sickos matchup. New Mexico State is playing Florida International next week. Florida International, if you guys don't know, is a team that plays football. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's no. about as much as I got for you. Although, although I will say, not to disrespect everyone that plays for Florida International. They have a really good wide receiver by the name of Tyrese Chambers. He entered the transfer portal last year and then withdraw. He's one of the best wide receivers in the group of five. It is unfortunate, however, that he plays for Florida International. <laughs> but I, but like I said, I think this will be a gross scoring game. I like maybe like they'll go for two or something. Who knows? I like a 24-17. I want to see this offense score. And not only score, I will not say what I said last week. I want to see the passing touchdown because now we don't have a, well, it's an FCS. Let's just win like how we can win. We need to show on film that we can pass it down the field to for the sake of keeping future defenses honest when they game plan against us. Because right now, our next opponent after this is going to be San Diego State who is home to one of the, I, in my opinion, the best defense in the Mountain West in San Diego State every year, no matter what you do. I don't care about what their offense is going to do because their offense is just... It's just a game-managing it's, offense. Ugh. Um, but that defense is scary every single year you play them. Um, so I want to make sure. That's my one key to a Hawaii win. I need multiple passing touchdowns i don't want to just see one i think we need to show if we could get two out there just to make sure that we have to keep san diego state thinking about okay now they can pass the ball this might change something up i i agree with you on some point i don't need to see the passing touchdowns i need to see they can throw the ball down the field <laughs> throw like, the ball farther you, than 20 yards. if you can get like 200 yards passing which by the way is Braden pretty, has done by the way it's pretty low for a hawaii offense 200 yards passing i don't know did you see hawaii's offense last year <laughs> <laughs> yes I, yes i did but that's that's the thing because um we when we talked when i talked to diedrich it was like 
they need they feel like they need um opponents to have them respect the pass because otherwise they're just going to be a one-dimensional running exactly. team and when they do that when you respect the pass it opens up their running lanes even better which for a running room running back room that we love it's just like we need they, they need to be passed because there's obviously i mean look at air force you don't need yeah, even in their loss they had two either two or three passing touchdowns one of which was a bomb you know, which you love to see Air Force throwing bombs out there, um, but <laughs> through the air. Because we've we've seen yeah, we've seen that you don't need a passing touchdown to win the game. I mean, how many games last year? Um, I think this was a fun stat during the season. Bodie Bodie would play. Um, how many passes attempts did Air Force throw during the game? And it would be like one, none, something <laughs> like that. And we we've seen that obviously you don't need to have a passing touchdown. Right. But you need but to their offense, it's, specifically theirs. It, it's a triple option. It's a triple offense. option, and you have to respect the run it's coming in three different directions, and it's hard to do that. Yeah. Somehow Wyoming did it. <laughs> While well, I don't understand Wyoming very much, but um, yes, to me, it's the quarterback play that matters because right. you need to get passing yards down the field. You, if you want to do stuff where it's like, okay, we'll just do a quick underneath route, quick crossing pattern, get the run after the catch, fine. But you you got to get the open up the passing game. Because, like Diedrich Parsons said, when you open up the passing game, you open up the running game, too. And it just makes your offense a lot more respectable. And when you look at who probably would start at quarterback, I think I would think it's Braden Shager. I don't know what you would think. Um, I It's got to be Braden. I, it, this, to, is the one re, this is the one way to show why Braden should be starting. Joey has had three straight starts. Braden Shager is our leading passer. Yeah. With what, 398? Something like that? He threw one pass last week, and I felt way more better looking at that because it was... And he had to deal with some pressure. It was well. it was one of those things where it was pretty much an exact same situation as Joey Yellen's um, strip sack. Guy was coming from the, his blind side. Braden, Braden Shaker feels it, scrambles a little bit. He doesn't have to, sp- like, sp- sprint, but he has to be able to be mobile, get out of the pocket. I think he hit... I want to say it was Dior Scott for, like, a seven-yard reception. But, I mean, th- that was... To me, Shout that, out Dior Scott, by the way, yes. showing off that straight dog mentality that he puts out there. He had a he had a pretty good game. He had a lot of escapability, so I do want to see more of him, especially now that we've lost Jonah for the rest of the year. From yeah, what it he looks was like was, what, was leading receiver seven yards or seven seven, seven yards seven yards seven catches for that 50. doesn't sound too wrong about this offense. <laughs> Seven, seven catches for 53 yards, yeah. um, nine targets. Um, he had a good one where uh, he just kind of showed that. I, I, of course, I just did a physical motion as if anyone could see that. Like the whole, the uh, he has the ball. He's just basically crossing up people with like he's got a <laughs> basketball out there. I like Dior Scott. Uh, that should be a fun campaign I feel to it. start. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess to end out. Who is one player that you want to see excel? It doesn't necessarily them being the best out there. Who's the one guy you see on this Hawaii team that they need to step up to have this win for Hawaii? I think quarterback aside, with all the talk about them trying to open up the passing game, I think Jordan Murray has to be the biggest factor. I mean, he was pretty much like not on the stat sheet. He pretty much just got cardio. Right. This week or last week. And 
we've seen him start to get a little more reps working the outside. So it's almost like he'll be a more one of those guys where he can win the one-on-one battle. We've seen it in camp, um, how good he's been. And I think when you need to open up the passing game, you have to get number seven the ball a little bit, or at least target him. Right. If I had to pick a guy, it feels weird to go after him because he has so much experience. But Ill Manning needs to step up. He needs to get it together. He needs to get it together. And it feels weird to say that as a 23-year-old to another uh, person who is around the same age as me, who has who is a lot more bigger, uh, physically stronger, probably mentally smarter than me as well. Um, but So it feels gross and weird to say, hey, man, you got to step up, he says from the microphone. <laughs> but I think a lot of fans have come in with the expectation that Ill Manning was going to be kind of a good pillar to rely on on this offensive line. But we've seen with the Western Kentucky game where he did have a couple of penalties, including a personal uh, personal foul for unsportsmanlike conduct. We saw last game a couple of drives kind of almost get derailed from his false starts. And as well as having a couple of pressures coming off of his side, I believe also a sack as well. Am I, I don't know if I'm I right. I can't remember. It was just like... But definitely pressure coming from that left side. I think he needs to show to us that he is that number one tackle for Hawaii. Because, I mean, he's he's been here for since, what, 2019, 2018? 2018. He's been a four or five-year starter. He's been here for a while. And you showed up for week zero, and you impressed in week zero. We need to see that again. And I hope with the new direction that the offense will be going in, uh, accordingly to Timmy Chang from his comments, I hope that that's a good step in the right direction. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Elm and that offensive line. They need to step up and give whoever's starting, which should be Braden in my opinion, (laughs) they need to give him time. Yeah, and, you know, I I think especially against – we're trying to figure out. We're looking at the New Mexico State depth chart right now, and it's this is probably one of the most complicated it's, readings. It's so confusing that I I've had, and you know, I take French. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like a three, three, four defense. Well, well like Diedrich said, it's going to be a disguise. It's disguise. So if it's a three, there's going to be a lot of stunts. The probably they'll probably switch out from three to four. They got a guy that they call their stud, which is kind of like a replacement for an outside linebacker. Um, so is going to be a lot of moving parts to this defense. It's fair to say that the defense is the stronger side of the Mexico state Aggies, especially because they have a lot of starters returning on that side. Right. So this offensive line, mostly, um, in my opinion, needs to step up and make sure that they can be that wall for the quarterback, Brandon Schrager, uh, to, you know, go out there. And ball out so we can start chucking the ball down the field for some 50-plus yard touchdowns I think again. Both, both of your tackles kind of have to step in. I, I know Austin Hopp, he hasn't had you know any poor penalties or anything, but I feel like if your tackle play is not that great, you're, right. you're not going to 
win games. And, um, you know, that interior has been pretty good with Aliki and um, Michael Vanterpool. And that uh, whoever's uh, playing left guard. I, whether it's Steph, Stefan Brunel-Wen or Sergio Moussa. Or whoever, Arasimose. Or Arasimose, whoever. Did Arasimose came in at the last quarter again? Did he? I don't know. Who, I was just like. Big 70. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. I, I, we, we kind of haven't talked about New Mexico State, and I feel like we haven't. I just feel like there's not much to talk about. I think we have to bring up, because when I asked a defender for scouting report, they brought up that they have two quarterbacks who are mobile. It's um, Diego Pavia and Gavin Frakes, I think. Um, Pavia's six foot 200. He's a junior. And then Frakes is six four two twenty and a freshman. And um, they've both yeah. gotten starts. They split time and... That's another thing that they have to worry about. Um, one of the other media reporters said um, their slot receiver, number 12, Jonathan Brady, uh, freshman Jonathan Brady, um, got to think he'd probably be pretty good. He's a Bishop Gorman graduate who, by the way, their receivers coach, Tony Sanchez, former UNLV coach and Bishop Gorman coach. Um, so Chris Brown should know a lot about him. That's all. That's <laughs> all I hear. He's gone up against that's him. That's all I hear. Chris <laughs> Brown knows what's up, so he knows how to defend them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But you know, I'm excited. I do want to see win number two. I think if I have to look at anyone that I'm excited to see out of this Aggies team, you know, I see that he's listed as an or, so I'll bring him up. Uh, AJ Vipulu. Uh, fr- freshman 285 I believe he's a freshman uh, I say that only as a joke as Solo is one of our super seniors but he I believe brother brother yeah so he was recruited to Hawaii as early as I believe like 2016 or 2017 <laughs> uh, so you know I was hoping that he could come by but unfortunately he uh, well I was unfortunately for us fortunately for him he found a place where he can be productive as a starting offensive lineman. So I'm really excited to see him go out there and maybe he and Solo can have a fun, you know, post-game photo <laughs> as well. So I'm really excited to see him. And I think AJ said that he um, he said that they're going to have a lot of family there actually, right? That's awesome. Yeah, so, um, you know, that'll be good to see. I think hopefully he starts first off. Because... Yeah, brotherhood, you know. <laughs> maybe we could lure him out of the, with the transfer portal, maybe. <laughs> hey come over here and then we also get a noah Kemma's brother maybe we can do that too get as many brothers as we can possibly get on this on this team hey what's it called wahine wahine basketball has the sisterhood with the sisters that's true with the uh wahine kapu uh oh what's the lefotu uh, uh, lefotu there's so many last names to start with l <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think I think that's what I got for football this week. Um, if we want, we can do a quick couple quickies yes. for uh, Wahine Sports. Uh, both uh, Wahine teams, I was about to say it, I'm wrong. Wahine Soccer will start on. Amazing start for them so yes. far this year. They open up conference play with that 1-0 victory at the YPO Soccer Complex. A great game. A great goal. By uh, Amber Gilbert assisting um, Kelsey Samita. I watched that goal. That was... Look, I knew that Amber Gilbert was fast. When you saw that... when you That, that was play, insane. Like, I just... I got no other words. I would definitely be like one of the uh, uh, soccer announcers to just be like, goal! <laughs> you know? Especially seeing a 
great, you know, touch in by Kelsey. I believe when she was talking about that goal, she said she saw Amber, uh, you know, start running and she was just, she was scared that, that she had to somehow catch up to her. Because Amber Gilbert it was is pretty so much, fast. It was pretty much like that. She, like, she was just like, I'm trying to keep up with Amber Gilbert. That's not <laughs> easy to do. <laughs> and it was like, she somehow, it was, it was like it was almost like a one-timer pretty much right. other than that. And it was, first off, great Chris, Christopher Peterson or Amber Gilbert, yeah, on the counter. And then Amber Gilbert sprinting, <laughs> like, I want to say, like, pretty much half the, like, that entire half of the field. Good cross pass to Kelsey Smuda yeah. and... You know, I think the one thing we we have to also talk about for Wahine Soccer is the goalkeeper play because they have been all Big West Defensive Player of the Week. For the last two weeks, they've had both of their goalkeepers. Um, you know, um, Sophie Augustine, Laura Marquez, they both got Defensive Player of the Week. Um, and and it was the last two weeks because I think Augustine had like eight saves against Portland State. Um, Lauren Marquez, I think, had two against UC Davis, but she had... Way too she for like she had a lot of catches inside that um <laughs> when they were doing Davis was doing corner kicks, a lot of catches that probably would have saved their game and I think when you talk to Michelle Nagamine about them, um but here's what Michelle Nagamine said about her goalkeepers last Thursday. You know Lauren is very good with her feet. Sophie is one of the best shot stoppers I've had. Um, I've been. That we've had, so you know, I think Coach Mark Fournier has done a really great job of just kind of honing in on each keeper's strengths and then addressing, you know, the areas that they need to be a little bit better in. And you know, Sophie is fearless and she owns that 18-yard box, and Lauren is a little bit more refined, you know, in her technique. But um, yeah, when you have two different goalkeepers, you can really adjust to your opponent, and that I think is is that big luxury that we're talking about that we can actually scout an opponent and say this. This is what they're really good at. We need this one to to go in. So they played equal amount of minutes getting into the the conference play. So, so yeah, you 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 hear Michelle Nagamine talk about her goalkeepers, and I think she's right. I mean, it's it's a luxury when you have two goalkeepers who very different styles of play, and it keeps them fresh too, especially against this Big West Conference where it's it's going to be very competitive, especially a very great soccer co- conference. Yeah, and it's like. She said it. It could have gone either way for them on Thursday. Um, you can read about it in our article, but it was it could have gone either way for them. Where can they find that article? It, it, find manoanow.org back. Uh, is it backslash or for, backslash Kaleo or forwards? I can't. I can't. Or remember. just look up Kaleo. Yeah, uh, our, probably it, it's probably up. still on our sports page um, for sure. We haven't. And it was just one of those things where it's like, it could have gone either way, and for them to get this big this first win of the conference play against team like UC Davis but it's huge for them and it was unfortunate that um I can't remember what's his name the dog Murphy Murphy so sad that Murphy doesn't go on away games I know uh, I guess it's harder when you're when you you can't travel to Hawaii I no, guess with him which no. is kind of a shame I feel like Mur- I feel like Murphy's this too I feel like he wants to go to come to Hawaii I know I'd probably be do we have any comments from Murphy yet do, have we heard <laughs> from from <laughs> but we regardless regardless amazing win they're gonna kick off their away slate. Um, Probably tonight. Uh, today, as we tonight, film this, Thursday, four four o'clock <laughs> four o'clock Hawaii time. Um, they're gonna play UC Santa Barbara, and again, Michelle Nagamine was like, they've just scratched the surface. Like they, I think what will be big is being able to win on the road. Like all Hawaii teams, it's really hard to win on yes. the road. If they can consistently do that, 
or at least tie. Let's get some points at least. You have to you have to get points, especially in a in a conference like, like this. this. Yeah. I mean, we sh- she showed back in 2018. 2018. Wasn't it 2018? I think it was 19. <laughs> I can't 19 remember. Coach. I that, can't that remember the years. It's 19. As we can tell, the years just melt melt together but after 2020 happened. That's but true. she showed when she before won. COVID. Uh, exactly. When she won Coach of the Year before COVID, that, look, you don't necessarily need to win all of them. Winning is very nice. But as long as you get points and making sure that you're in that top spot or in near the top spots, um, I think she. I think we're going to see a lot of success for this Wahine soccer team, and I'm excited. Yeah. And speaking of more stuff about Wahine sports, Wahine volleyball is kicking off, or sir, I first first serve first of, serving of the Big West Conference play. There's no good tomorrow night. There's no good. Um, there's no good like lead in with, uh, with it, it, because you can like just that. say like first service at like on the story be like first service like seven o'clock right and that's will be for opening up the conference play um i think this is going to be another dominant year for you think so? university of hawaii i it's very much mirrors last year where we come in you know a little disappointed because we didn't get the wins that we wanted to get against some really good competition but i think the losses against those kind of competitions like a pit you know, uh, we did get that win over USC, which was amazing. I think that is that's going to give a lot of really great positive momentum for Robin Amo and her squad. Uh, the find of Kaden Alexander, I think, has got to be the big highlight, I think, of this offseason. And also, not to discredit her, I think the great defensive play by um, Edmonds from Michigan State She's also been a really great addition to this team alongside, you know, the mainstays that we already know, Amber Iagidi. You know, I think it's going to – yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, I, f- I feel good. And I'm excited to be listening to Tiff Wells for the rest of the year for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yes, we it'll be very, very, very interesting to see how this um... – that's why he nineteen turns out like you said. It, it's a it was a tough not conference slate. Like, like I didn't know this until um one of the players we talked to on Tuesday mentioned it. But when they played San Diego, there was a they were like number twenty five. Yes, in the ABC they were number twenty. They're now number four. Oh. so it's Where's not like Pitt? I think Pitt did Pitt lose. Pitt is like ten. So so Pitt, we've been going against. Very good competition. Yes. So not some pretty good it's competition. It's not like it's like I think Texas A and M also was either close to an upset was, or upset someone uh, earlier this week. I, uh, I can't remember. It, it was. I, I remember it, seeing the tweet by it, Tiff. If it was Western Kentucky, I think because they were ranked. It was right. like number twenty four or something. I believe so. So, and, but yes, this this Rainbow Wahine team is. They look like it could. They could probably definitely run the tables. I think Robin Amo. She says this every year. Hawaii has a big target on their back because We're of how Hawaii. dominant they are in the Big West. And she's like, you know, it's like, oh, kind of blame Dame, kind of blame, kind of blame Dave Shoji for that a little bit. And like, <laughs> Damn Shoji. Yeah. Come on, But man. it's like they know because everybody is going to be on their A game. Right. E- even though, I mean, we look at their opponents this week. I think it's UC Davis, UC Riverside. Um, Not exactly like killing it in the Big West, but, you know, they're going to bring their A game, I think. It's like, conference play. Everyone brings Everybody brings their play. A game. And, I think they they are aware that they have to they can't take plays off. I think is what she said. Um, they can't take plays off. They got to be at their best because their opponents are going to be at the best. And it's 
it's probably a one school bid for the NCAA tournament right. because there's no there's no conference tournament. So you got why not? I don't know. Because <laughs> why not? That, that is way beyond our pay Gotta scale. love the Big West, man. That is way, way, way beyond our payroll. But um, our pay... our pay. Come on, Dan. <laughs> Come on, Butterly. I'm not going to say. Do something for us, let's, man. Let's not go there hey, yet. Hey, he, he lives in Maui. Does he? Or he used to. But I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'll probably get fact-checked if people are still listening. Yes, but... But um, I'm excited. It, like you said, first serve at 7. Um, not to cut you off, but I will get a parking ticket. Uh, yes. <laughs> I <laughs> but, forgot we're on a parking schedule right now. But um, uh, excited, like we said, uh, for UH, at least events-wise, it's just looking like Wahine Volleyball are the only home teams right now. I don't know if we've missed anything other sports-wise. I know, I know, I, I know women's golf uh, started off earlier golf started last too. week. I got and, and men's tennis men's as well. Tennis, I, start, I, I, did, I did see our guy. Um, is it Andre Iligon? Yeah, I saw Iligon's playing. I don't know where. Not San- here. <laughs> I think it was San Francisco or something. Nothing's ever here. So um, if you're looking to go to a UH event this weekend, uh, Wahine Volleyball, Stan Sheriff, Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center, if I want to say it the long way, um, at Lower Campus on the University of Hawaii, Manoa Campus on the island of Oahu in the state of Hawaii. <laughs> but yeah, t- uh, first serve is at 7 for both tonight and tomorrow. Like you mentioned, Wahine Soccer playing tonight on Thursday. I know no one is ever going to be able to hear that at 4 p.m. Hawaii time. As we all know, Hawaii football at 2 o'clock on Flow Sports. Flow Sports. Um, you can uh, listen to ESPN Honolulu, too, if you don't want to Our the... coverage starts at 12 noon. Uh, that's our pregame with Josh Pacheco and Arnold Martinez for Countdown to Kickoff. You can also go to the Big City Diner. Uh, it, oh no. Oh. See, look, this is me trying to be nice, and I can't remember what uh, shopping mall they're supposed to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh, give me I can, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. Yeah, I get, I get the, I fortunately still get the emails about where <laughs> about countdown to kickoff. Yeah, that's a well, that's no, a that's in an email thread. So no, goes Josh puts out the broadcasting schedule. So generally, he put out like where they are going to be, and he did not put it. No, I think it's Windward Mall. I, it's, I think it's the Big City Diner at Windward Mall. If you don't know. Call ESPN Honolulu. They'll <laughs> tell you because then I will be there to answer the phone and tell you. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, that's going to be at 12 to kick off radio coverage. The game starts at 2 if you really want to watch Flow Sports TV. I think we. I think I'll have to anyway, but and we can't forget Wahine Soccer also plays Cal Poly Sunday, 9 a.m. if you're into, into that. I think that's on ESPN+. Plus. They're both on ESPN+. Plus this week. So. Shout out ESPN+. Plus. Yes. And down with Flow Sports. <laughs> <laughs> hey if you get the flow sports uh, subscription you can watch that new mexico state florida international game that's true because it's a monthly thing right yeah yeah <laughs> if you really want to and you know i think that's that so far i had a great time in school <laughs> shout out uh for every- i saw i saw a tiktok a very popular tiktok that was filmed like right over there on the steps by uh campus center it was really funny but yeah it's nice to see UH being represented out there <laughs> in the national world. So I think with that, we'll uh, end it off here today. Thank you guys very much for listening. We appreciate it. This is the Green and Black podcast from Kaleo. Thank you guys very much. Aloha. <laughs>